Did they throw you out of there? We coming. Where is Chuck? Pray for this nation, this country. And Lord, we pray for our president. Lord, that he would obey your voice, no other voice. And Lord, we just thank you for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And we praise you. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're talking about the joy of the Lord. Amen. And the joy of the Lord is one characteristic of of a Christian. Sorry about that. (laughs) So a characteristic of a true Christian is inward joy. It's, it's an inner thing. Joy ain't an out, so much as an outward expression. Well, it's an outward expression of an inner thing. How about that? You know, joy is on the inside of you. And when it's on the inside, when it's the true joy of the Lord, it can't help but bubble out. Amen. And it's, it's uh, like a consuming fire. It draws people, other people in to it. Amen. Hallelujah. It comes from a joyful heart. So joy is a condition of your heart because it, it, it's an inward thing. Even under difficult circumstances, your heart can still be joyful. Amen. Even if you're going through tough circumstances, you can still have a joyful heart. That doesn't mean that it's a, see, there's a time and a season for everything. There's a time to cry, a time to weep, a time for joy. But joy is still manufactured in your heart. Amen. So circumstances don't affect true joy. Thank you. Circumstances does not affect true joy. Amen. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. So when you stay in the presence, if you don't know what true joy is, get in the presence of God and you will experience true joy. Amen. Many Christians, unfortunately, go around sad, discouraged, disillusioned. All of these things because they don't have joy in the heart. They don't have that inner joy. That inner joy takes care. You know what that does? That defeats the enemy. That fights Satan. See, that's why Satan don't want people to be joyful. Amen. The Let's see. Sad faces or sadness has gives no outshining glory. I wrote outshining glory. So that was three weeks ago. I don't know where my head was, but hopefully that makes sense to you. Outshining glory to God. It shows God that you're trusting him and not in your circumstances. See, we don't rejoice in trials themselves, but we joy in the possibility of their results through Jesus Christ. So you know how some people say, we need to praise and thank God for the trials. Do you ever know anybody that's going to thank God for a trial? <laughs> but we thank God for the victory that we have to get through the trial. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for what he can do with the trial and what the trial will produce. It will produce patience and long-suffering. It will produce um, um, Long-suffering, I said that it, it produces char- a characteristic of God on the inside of us. It will produce something that the Word can't, the, that only the Word can manufacture. It will produce um, patience, you know, and patience creates, what's that scripture? Patience creates you know, all of that stuff. It, it's, it's building character when we go through tribulation and trial with the right attitude because see we're talking about attitude we're not talking about thank god for the for the trouble nobody likes trouble but thank god you rejoice in what god can do as a result of these troubles you know it's like let me see what god's gonna do for me in this bad situation amen and so a true christian should be capable of illuminating an atmosphere. Amen. Or illuminating your surroundings. 
not discouraging or depressing your surroundings, but charging your surroundings because of the spirit of joy that's on the inside of you. You don't have to come in a room laughing and going nuts. Now, some religious people do. You ever seen these people just laugh, laugh, laugh all the time? So I'm not talking about that. Although when God put a spirit of joy on you, it's good to release it because it's catching. You can tell when it's God because one person started laughing and another person. It's infectious. Amen. So we we have the joy in the Lord, be, not just when things are going great, but we have the joy of the Lord even when we go through tough times. The word joy means cheering in triumph. It means shouting or rejoicing. It can be singing. Uh, because of victory it it means a fulfillment of righteousness when the righteous when the wicked fall the righteous rejoice so when you have joy it's a part of rejoicing because you are happy and relieved that you can see god's hand is on something and it's real and so you rejoice because you know that God is still in control. Sometimes you won't see that. You just have to go with what you already know. And that you trust that, God, I know you somewhere. I don't know where you are right now, but you somewhere. You know, sometimes you just have to tell yourself that. Amen. But isn't it wonderful when you actually see God's, you know, his hand in a situation? It's so wonderful. Hallelujah. And so we bring the anointing. You remember those shirts we had? We bring. Mac looked at me. He said, "What that mean?" So I had to tell him. You know, you control that atmosphere. You know, the atmosphere can be dis- discouraging, but when you walk in, that atmosphere changes because of what you possess on the inside of you. If you have a spirit of joy in your heart, you you command that atmosphere to change from discouraging and you know to hey there is hope in christ jesus amen hallelujah there is hope and there is you know we won't give up amen you have the mind of a champion you know a mind of an overcomer and that's where joy comes from it comes from knowing god and knowing what he's able to do so we have to learn to relax amen learn to be serene and cheerful and trust God through the trials and count it all joy the Bible says count it all joy in other words don't let troubles change you amen keep a cheerful countenance let's go to James 1 don't let what you are going through and I know time is one of the things that bug people the most but when I found out that God don't he don't acknowledge time because he is father time so it's not a big deal with him time don't mean anything to him amen uh, sarah and, and abraham learned that time is not significant amen not when god has given you a, a word hallelujah so james 1 verse 2 says my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials in other words treat it as though that word count count it all joy treat it as though it is all joy that's what it means when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith and so this tells you why we go through circumstances your 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 what is it your faith is being tested amen so verse 3 knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience amen and that word patience means endurance. Patience, endurance. So God is making you strong by testing your faith. Verse 4 says, but let patience have its perfect work. In other words, don't rush God. Yeah, we all wish it could be over, but if it's still working something good on the inside of us, let it have its perfect work. God is saying, take the limits off me and leave time alone. Amen. Don't worry about time. If anybody knows what time it is, it's God. (laughs) He knows what time it is. Amen. Let patience have its perfect work. 
that you may be perfect and complete. So in other words, God is putting perfection on the inside of us by allowing us to be tried. Amen. By our faith. Because it's like this. How will you know if you have faith? How will you know if you don't go through something? You know, get, get back on the barbecue pit and flip yourself over and let him work some more. Amen. So the testing of your trial, don't try to bring yourself out too soon. Because it brings perfection, completeness. That's in verse 4. And it says you'll be lacking nothing. So in other words, you'll have maturity. Time brings maturity. It brings perfection. It brings completeness. And verse 5 says, and if any one of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given unto him. Amen. So when you ask for wisdom, God don't ridicule you. He don't mock you. He gives it to you. But few people, when they're going through a trial, ask for wisdom. They just ask, can we get through this? Forget wisdom. I don't care about wisdom. (laughs) Who needs wisdom? Is wisdom going to get me out of this mess? Amen. And so we just want to get out of Dodge. Amen. Now verse 6 says, but let him ask in faith. Now when you're going through a trial, it's not the time of faith too much. But see, God wants to teach us how to go through, but still allow your faith to grow. Allow your joy to be complete. Amen. In the, in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. See, trials run us to God. And then you, you, you experience true joy being in his presence. And it's the most wonderful thing. You know, if you have ever been, anybody been in a situation with God where you know how you go into the secret place and you're face to face with him and it's like an intimate, y'all ever been that way? And you forget everybody is there and it's just you and him and the room is going around and you're like, is this you? And And then something happens. And the world comes back and you say, that's so wonderful. April looking at me like, oh, really? (laughs) Try it. It's wonderful. See, and that's, that's this intimacy with God where no man can take that place. In fact, you mad when they come home. It's like they messed it up. (laughs) Doggone it. I could have been in there longer, but here they come, you know. And so that's intimacy with God. And when you get to that place, you know that you know that you know that everything's going to be fine. That he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That he is there with you through good and through hard times. He's there. But he wants his people to have joy, unspeakable joy. You know, when um, Paul, I just remember when he was in the dungeon, in the pit, he had joy. That's why he was praising God, because he was intimate with God. He wasn't, see, he forgot what his surroundings were. It was just him and God. And Silas was over there doing his own personal thing with God, you know. And so they were in the pit, yet... God gave him a a sign that he was in his presence by making those prison doors open. And then salvation fell. And he, because he was trying to let him know, no matter how bad the circumstances, you can always find me because I'll never leave you. You know, I don't care if you messed up. I don't care if you did something wrong. When you get in my presence, all that stuff is erased. And it's just you and me. Amen. It's such a wonderful thing. And once you go there with God, your whole, your whole attitude changes. Your whole outlook. It's just like you can, you can um, how can I put this? You know, like the weather people make a forecast. It's like you can forecast things and it's all good. It's going to be sunny skies all the rest of the week. You know, you, it's like because you have that authority to see victory did i lose y'all i didn't lose y'all <laughs> and it's it's like it's all good 
Amen. Everything's going to work out to my good. And it's just so wonderful. And it's called, it's called time with God. You and God. And he just takes you where he wants you to go. And once we experience, that's all God wants us to do is experience that victory in him, no matter what the outward circumstances look like. Amen. So that's why when you don't have money, you don't be worrying about it. And you don't try to go through natural means to get it. You just trust God in it. Amen. That same God that took you away with him in the secret place that showed you that he loves you and that he's real. That's the same God that's going to pay your note. It's the same God. But he wants you to trust and prove him in this. And see when I, when I open up the windows of heaven. But most people panic because see, he's an 11th hour and a God and the God of the midnight hours. And so they panic and they call somebody up. Could I borrow? You know. They panic. But what if you don't have nobody to call? Sometimes you got to. Honey, it's good to have relatives, but when you don't have them, you got to depend on God. Amen. Or the ones that you have is broker than you are. If broker is a word, you got to know God. Amen. Hallelujah. Because they'll say, yeah, well, you know, trust God for me a little bit too. You don't have nobody to call, but you can always call on him and trust him. And see, when people pick up your slack, you never get to know what God can do for you. But, honey, when you're out there and you don't have anything else, you have to trust on God. And He, and once, you, once he comes through for you, he's the same. He'll do it over and over and over and over. And guess what? God likes coming through for his people. He loves it. He just loves blessing his people. He really does. But if you look on the outside, it looks like God don't do nothing for nobody and is punishing his people he blessing his people every day you got to step into that amen he is blessing his people every day so most of us lack patience and that's what gets you over we don't know how to handle adversity because we panic and then we want to run to somebody to fix it or put a band-aid on what you think is broken God says it's not broken it's just in my hands and he moves when he wants to move amen so we don't have have a proper attitude towards trials and temptations you know Jesus was tempted when he was 40 days uh, fasting and here comes the devil so what does that tell us the devil wants to hit you at your weakest point because he want to break you He wants to break your trust in God. But I'm telling you, he gave him the word. And if we would give the devil the word instead of trying to allow him to back us into a corner and then we get the phone and call somebody. No, call on him. This is what God wants us to do. He wants us to trust him enough to call him in bad times bad circumstances when there's no other thing to do when you can't go to somebody else go to him when you can go to somebody else that's how i learned i was too embarrassed to go you know my paycheck walked out the door 20 years ago and i did not want to ask anybody and so i i let god help me and he's been helping me ever since amen Because he does not let you down. I know he doesn't. But see, we don't press in enough. We need to press into him. You are my husband. You're my maker. You're my provider. You must. Because I am dependent on you. See, we have a plan B. You know, well, you know, I got those savings bonds I can catch. I did all that too. (laughs) I cashed so many bonds. Everyone I could find. (laughs) but see they ran out and i still had to go to god and he is a better provider amen hallelujah he is such a good god amen so we have to have the proper attitude about trials and tribulation it's not it's not in our lives to stop us or to break us it's in our lives to encourage us and to make us better than who we are it's there to cause patience and all of the fruits of the spirit to be enhanced and to come out of us so we count it all joy it's not an emotional 
thing. We get emotional. Counting it all joy is not emotional. It's just something that's coming out of you that God put in you. Amen. Hallelujah. It's an intelligent. Now, this is what I wrote. Uh, Counting it all joy is an intelligent, deliberate appraisal of the situation from God's perspective. Oh, I was I was really getting some stuff. But it's a, a intelligent, deliberate appraisal of the situation from God's perspective. That's what counted all joy. It doesn't mean nothing's funny. It just means that God has put peace in your heart and He's shown you everything and you know you're gonna come out just fine. Amen. Viewing trials as a means of moral and spiritual growth. So in other words, what God does is he he starts to work in your behalf when you make a deliberate decision to not jump to conclusions and stick with God to see this thing through. And when you do that, you get God's attention He will change your heart and your attitude towards the situation you're in. And it causes spiritual growth, moral growth. And you view trials as nothing but something you go through for spiritual growth. In other words, it's like, okay, God, I'm going, I'm I'm in this trial, so it must be time for me to go to a higher level. So I know you're going to put it in me, whatever it is that I need. See, it's your time to get with God again, meet him, and have that personal closeness with him again. Are y'all here? (laughs) So, in other words, we don't rejoice in the trials, but we rejoice in what the trials will produce. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. The less you murmur and complain while you're in the trial, the quicker you come out. Now, that I learned. Amen. Trials cause you to increase in knowledge, in the knowledge of God, and be strengthened with his might according to God's power. And then that's when you can count it all joy. Amen. Long-suffering, patience, joyfulness, strength. On the inside, all of that comes through the testing of your trial. Joy comes. Amen. Let's go to Colossians 1. Hallelujah. Colossians 1 verse 11. And Colossians 1 verse 11 talks about strength. Being strengthened by God. See, when you're strengthened by God on the inside, joy is automatic. Joy comes. Amen. So Colossians 1 verse 11. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to 10. It says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in, in the knowledge of God. And verse 11 says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Now, what causes this, do- this joy? This joy is caused from increasing your knowledge of God in verse 10. And it says, and being strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all Patience and long-suffering with joy. So when you seek God, when you're going through some type of temptation, when you seek him, he'll strengthen you on the inside with his might, according to his glorious power, with patience and long-suffering. So in other words, this is the thing that God is showing me right now. Patience and long-suffering is the result he's trying to get. That's why he allows us to go through these trials. He's trying to get us to patience and long-suffering. This is the characteristic that he wants to see in his people before you go to step three and then step four and then step five. You've got to graduate. Amen. Patience and long-suffering. And that's something we don't have unless God intervenes. 
Amen. And then verse 12 says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. See, after you go through the, the testing of your faith and you come out with patience and long-suffering with joy, then it qualifies you. Verse 12 talks about it qualifies us to be partakers of the inheritance. Are y'all here today? Isn't that wonderful? So you see there's a process here. If we are wise, we'll see something here. We'll see that here's a circumstance. Or you've been in something a long time. You're tired of waiting. I'm about to go crazy, God. I'm about to do something myself. And so then what we do, we surrender to God. And we get in his word. Yeah, I know you messed up and did all that. That's okay. God don't care. He says, turn to me. So we go to him, and we get in the word, we get in his presence, and we ask him for his wisdom. And then we start developing these characteristics of God, meekness, gentleness, love. We start walking in more love. And people around us say, hmm, I didn't know she was that nice. You know, in the natural, people don't know what's going on. And see, but really God is changing our hearts. So as we stick stick with God and keep walking with him and saying, God, I'm not going to try to do this on my own. I'm just going to stay here where you have me, and I'm going to seek you, seek your face. You get in your CDs, and you just surround yourself with God in your, t- in your spare time. <laughs> and so when that happens, and you don't try to get out of the trial, or in the tribulation, or try to figure out what you did wrong to get in there, it don't matter. It don't matter. Because, see, God still got to throw that hook in the water and pull you out anyway. So he still got (laughs) to, you know. So when we turn to him and we say, God, you repent for whatever you know you did wrong, and you, you seek his face and you stay in the word, and then all of a sudden, you, you've developed patience without knowing it. Long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, all of these things. Here comes the fruit. And when God sees that, then he moves us to another level. All of these trials and tribulations just to test our faith. Your faith gets stronger. And then you got the boldness to go ask for something bigger. <laughs> I want this because I found out I can have it. And it qualifies you as a partaker of the inheritance. So you're supposed to prosper. In other words, this is how we prosper. See, to much is given, much is required. If you want something from God, you got to pay something. You don't walk in the store and just walk out with what you want. You pay. And so in the kingdom, people think everything is supposed to be free. It's free in a sense. Because the, the, the Lord says to go buy with no money. But this is after you enter into the kingdom and your eyes are only open to what God is doing. Amen. So your outward situations, these circumstances that's going on, they don't really affect you. Amen. Because this God is handling that. People, whoever, God is handling that. And so you start to trust him a little bit more, a little bit more. I hope I didn't. Get anybody screwed up. So the testing, that word, the testing of your trial. Testing means to carry the idea of proving genuineness. So when you're being tested, you're being proven genuine. Isn't that something? That word trial means to serve as a discipline or to purge your faith of the dross. Or in other words, anything that's propping up your your faith. Now y'all there. Some see sometimes we have things that prop up our faith, <laughs> like people, you know, that kind of stuff. It also means so. In other words, at some point in your your um, your your faith walk, God will start to test that faith that you have. To make it stronger. In other words, he's going to exile all the people and say, well, I'm going to try. I'm, it's me and you. So let me see what you got without your props. In other words, he says he's going to uh, take away all the droves, all the 
stuff that's attached to your faith. And he's going to just, it's just you and the clothes on your back at some point. I didn't like that period. You mean I can't depend on Pastor Barb? You. Amen. Hallelujah. But isn't it wonderful that God don't do that until we're ready? Amen. But then it comes to a time where it's you and what you believe. So then it says, then we all will have patience, which is a positive steadfastness, steadfastness that bravely endures. So in other words, all God is trying to do is get us to bravely endure and stand on our own two feet in front of him. In other words, like he told Job, Job couldn't go to nobody for help because everybody was against him. You know, you're a man of God. Why the people think like that? They're crazy. Why are you sick? You're a woman of God because I'm just like you. I have to fight. <laughs> and the same word that works for you works for me. And if I don't apply it, I stay sick. Same deal. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> so, anywho, let's see, where was I at? So, in other words, God wants us to bravely endure. I don't know what else I was going to say something. Hmm? Oh, yeah, thank you. Job, he couldn't run to anybody else because everybody was against him. So, he didn't have nobody he could call. Can you agree with me in faith? And if you got a little extra faith, bring it on. <laughs> You know, and so he, because everybody was against him, why are you sick? You're a man of God. And then they was telling him all these reasons he was sick. you sick because. And we can all think of reasons why we're going through, you know, because ain't none of us perfect. We all mess up and do something wrong. But anyway, what God did really was God took all of his props out of his way. So it would just be him and God. And, and, and God says, stand up before me. And, and in other words, get out of self-pity and stand up and array yourself. Like a man, he tells everybody that. Every warrior, stand before me. Now, why would God tell somebody that's broke down, weak? You know what I'm saying? He tells you that because he's speaking to your inner man. He ain't speaking to your flesh. Because <laughs> your flesh can't handle it. But your inward man is strong. And God is saying, stand before me and tell me what you want. Repent and tell me what you want me to do for you. And this is what he does. But see, before he treats us like that, he gets us to that place where we're able to respond to him. Amen. And so he let those people mess with Job's mind as long as Job allowed it. But he didn't have to. And then, see, because he was working on Job's heart. And he said, really, he needed to forgive and he needed to pray for his friends because he had the anointing. They didn't have it. Them, them religious folks, they ain't got no anointing. You got it. You and me. They ain't got it. But if your heart is all filled with anger, it, they can't prosper in, you know. Prosperity don't come their way. And so he just let him get sick and tired of being sick and tired of them people. And then when he couldn't take no more, because he found out, God just let him find out that you can't depend on man, but you can depend on him. Amen. Even his wife, remember? She said, eh, <laughs> go croak. Amen. So that's a good testimony for married folks. You still got to. Know him. I know I had to. Amen. And so he he will allow us to go around this mulberry bush for a season, but then you got to stand before God and and use what He's put on the inside of us. And this is what trials do. Trials toughen you up to a place where you can stand before God and tell Him what you want. Stand before Me like a man. Array yourself. In other words, don't become feeble. Stand up and stand before it. Act like you stand before the king because you are. You know what? If we go before the judge, if you're accused of something, don't they tell them men put on a suit? 
Look like you don't look like a crook coming up. You're a crook, but don't look like one. <laughs> you just robbed a bank, but don't be looking like a bank robber when you go to court. You stand before them, you know, like you you didn't do nothing. And let them decide. <laughs> And so this is what God is saying. Stand before me. Array yourself like a man and tell me what you want. So he, but isn't it a wonderful thing that God don't make us do that until we are ready. Until he puts something on the inside of us that's strong. Amen. He puts also hope on the inside of us. We cannot allow Satan to steal our joy through circumstances or through fear through unbelief and no hope amen because no hope no joy if you don't have hope you don't have joy but the love of christ is our true source of happiness so you have to get into the love of christ you can't get into the love of christ unless you allow yourself to go through some stuff amen okay so hebrews 12 i said we were going to have a quick teaching today didn't i Hebrews 12. It's going to be quick. How long have I been preaching, Missy? She said, I don't know. <laughs> oh, really? All right, I'll hurry up. Hebrews 6. She just threw a number out at me, but it's okay. I'm easy. I don't care. Just like little Howard, she learned that much. And just throw her any number. It'll work. Hallelujah. <laughs> Okay, so where is Hebrews? Here it is. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Hallelujah. And it says here, therefore we also, um, is that the one? Yeah. Um, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So this is how God works endurance inside of us. Why do we need endurance? To finish the course, to finish the faith race, this race of faith. To finish, if you don't have endurance, if you don't have strength and stamina, you won't finish. So it's up to God. He put us in this race. It's his job to put this stuff in us, to instill this strength in us. Amen. So it says in verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. So he began you in this race. When you said, Jesus, I believe that you died for me on that cross. He's the author. And he will finish, help you finish this race by instilling these, his qualities in you. Amen. So we will finish this race of faith. Who for the joy. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured. He endured for the joy. Hallelujah. That was set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne. So in other words, when it says who for the joy, that's for our joy. For our joy, so that we would be happy. He endured that cross. We endure the trials and tribulations for the joy of the Lord. For what it brings, the peace it brings. To your families, to yourselves, you endure that cross. Verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Amen. In other words, you pick up the cares of life and worry. It says, but he died for that. This is what the, the scripture is telling us. Consider Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy went to that cross for us. Amen. So that we would have joy. And it says, least you become weary and discouraged in your souls. That's why he went to the cross. You know, he already died so we would be happy. He already died so that we would be joyful. See, in other words, his stripes was not just for healing or prosperity. It was for your joy. It says he despised the shame for our joy. Amen. Hallelujah. 
And so he, he would build us up on the inside. It says in verse 4, it says, in other words, in the end of 3, it says, at least you become weary and discouraged in your soul. He was removing that discouragement on the inside of our souls. And it says that you have, in 4, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. And it's, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. This is where he's going with this. Don't despise it. Not be discouraged when, you're, when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges. And that means whips every son whom he receives. So then verse 7 said, so if you endure chastening or these trials and tribulations, it says God deals with you as with sons. In other words, that's what makes us his children, his sons and his daughter. That we allow it, that number one, he wants to. Because of some people, he don't. Those people who we, our foot almost slipped when we see the prosperity of the wicked and the world is out there having fun so it looks like. And look like they have more than us. And sometimes they do. They have everything except God. But they have more stuff that burns in the fire heap. See, everything that's not of God, everything that's uh, um, in the natural will be burned up in the fire. It's made of stubble and, and wood. And the Bible says it can be here today. In other words, here today, gone tomorrow. That stuff ain't important. But what's important is what God places on the inside of us that cannot be shaken. It cannot be taken. It cannot burn up on the heap. It's from everlasting to everlasting. It's eternal. And it's holy. And it's powerful. And the sinners can't buy that. But they wish they could. But they got another Hummer and another this and another that but that stuff will be and most of them losing it because see Satan only loans he don't give nobody he takes it back honey trust me he's he's the one of what's that rent a center that's him that's him ain't giving you nothing you know you never get the What's that thing, the title deed to it? Because the only title deed you get is in heaven. God gives you the title deed. He don't give you nothing. Amen. He's got you on loan with a high interest rate. He dirty. Amen. Dirty, dirty dog. But when God gives you something, it's forever. And I'm telling you, when God gives you something Say, for instance, if he give you a vehicle or whatever he gives you, it's going to last longer. Amen. I know that's the truth. Because my car, I've been headed forever. Six. Nine years. Almost ten years. And it still run like a new car. You know, would I like another one? Yes. But do I go to sleep thinking about it? No. Because, honey, I'm so glad to have something that moves. I don't care what. I don't care. Because I done been without. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And so I don't know where I'm at, where how I got there. But I know God will give you, when he gives you something, it'll last better, perform better. Everything. I mean, I can count the times. My car's been in the shop twice. Twice. And so, you know, God will put his hand on your stuff. Like Pastor Barb said, I ain't getting another car because I don't need another car. I'm going to drive this one. And she have. I think that car is almost 20 years old, ain't it? Because she had it ever since. Long time, right? At least, what, 15 years? And she, and she said, I ain't getting another one until I'm done. She said, I keep laying hands on it. I understand that. You keep laying hands on as long as it crank when you go out there. You, it's another day with God. <laughs> but is it wrong to get better? No, it's not. But, you know, when God gives you stuff, just see how long it may last. I said, I'm going to drive this car until I can't drive it no more. Amen. Then I'll get another one, you know. 
Amen. You can't drive a one at a time. <laughs> so faith and belief in Christ and what he did at the cross fulfills your joy. That's what makes you happy on the inside. Amen. So we need to learn to endure like Jesus did on the cross and don't resent the chastening. Don't resent because you're in a bad place right now. Amen. Have a right attitude. Like this is temporary, but it's going to get better. That's how you got to have that attitude. It's going to get better. But I'm here. And see, when God puts you in these situations, you're in them to learn something, to increase your faith. Your faith is being tested. But then you're in it for another reason. God wants to show you what's inside of you. So you'll know, you know, how will we ever know who we are? That's why some of us, we don't understand. It says we have victory through Christ. We look at those as just sayings, but we don't really feel it in our hearts. You know why? Because we get off the barbecue pit too soon. We, don't, we should flip and we jump off because we get tired of that heat. <laughs> we get tired of that fire. Woo! And it's easy to do. Amen. So we just got to jump back on. Thank God God lets us get back on. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Unbelief makes us sad. Unbelief disconnects and disappoints us. Causes us to be discouraged. That's all that's wrong with us. You know, you had a day where you just depressed and discouraged. That's just unbelief and creeped up on you and, and got a, uh, you know, punch you, sucker punched you in your face. You know, that's all that is. But once you get in your word and you get a word and you back in the game again. Amen. Hallelujah. So thank God we know to do that. And that's what brings joy. Joy comes from being encouraged in God, being in faith. Faith all and hope always makes you joyful. It produces joy. But but lack of hope causes discouragement. Amen. Hallelujah. You're not fulfilled. Joy fulfills you. We're not fulfilled when we're not in joy. So if we are not perfected in Christ, we will not have joy. Joy is a merry medicine for the soul. Amen. In 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 the book of John, uh John fifteen, let's let's go there right quick. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. John fifteen, verse ten. I'm still flipping. Fifteen ten. And it says, if you keep my commandments, this is Jesus speaking, you will, be, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Is this the scripture I wanted? Yeah. It says in 11, and these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Man, so let's read that again. How do I make my joy full? By abiding in him and keeping his commandments. It says in 10, it says, okay, let's go to 9. It says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abided in his love. So it works the same for for us as it does for Jesus. Amen. And and see, we abide in, in God's love because he's got this love to give. He's got this love to give us. It's better than man's love, although we want man's love too. But we don't really want it if it's not as unto God because then it's, it's going to burn up in the heap too. Amen. Hallelujah. Ask one who knows. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen it's gonna burn up in the heat it's gonna be in other words it's gonna be tested it's gonna be tested and tried amen but see god will help you get through these things but if you don't know his love you you don't think god's gonna stay with you through this minor 
situation. That's why people go find something better. So they think, ain't nothing better. <laughs> but, oh, God, it get you something better. They just, people are just so crazy. You know what I start saying? Where's the better? Bring it to my house. Bring it to my house. <laughs> it's no, it's none better than what God gave you. Work on it. Work on it. Amen. Try to get all the kinks pressed out and and trust God in it. What else can you do? Amen. But but that's the best thing when you have Him. You you got the best. You have the best marriage counselor. You got the best defense lawyer. When they start go accusing you of spending all their money, you know whatever it is, you got a defense lawyer. What does that Pastor Barb say? You lawyer up. <laughs> you lawyer up. Amen. How do, how do you lawyer up? Keeping your mouth shut. Because you know you spent that money. I used to just look at my husband like, are you for real? And I say, couldn't think of nothing to clear myself. Because I, I went to that. He tell people when he called, and they call, he said, my wife is at the mall. You know that, don't you? My wife is at the mall. He told everybody that because that's where I was. And if I wasn't there, I was at Tops where Bridget were. Remember, I was either at Tops spending his money or at the mall because that was my job. Amen. <laughs> that's still my job. <laughs> it's so funny. My husband, he called me. He said, where you at? He said, at Macy's. I <laughs> I guess he said some things never change at Macy's. He think I live at Macy's. He don't know me like that. He don't know me like that. <laughs> See, I got favor at Macy's. Nah, he don't know that. I got favor at Macy's. And see, he don't know. I, I hide out at Kohl's too. <laughs> I found some favor up in there, okay? <laughs> Amen. That's so terrible, but it's so true. Amen. So God gives us brotherly love. Did we get to verse 11 yet? Mm -hmm. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. See, joy is on the inside out. It ain't something you can conjure up because you get tired of laughing when stuff ain't right. Amen. You want people to get out of your face with this joy thing. And you say, I ain't feeling it. And if it ain't coming from the inside, you don't want people up in your face laughing. In fact, you say, I want to stay home today. Amen. But in verse 12, it says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And greater love has no one than this, than that you let lay down your life for a friend. Amen. That's what God does for us. That's called brotherly love. So few people have it. They draw that line. Few people know about laying down your life for a friend. Being, being, it don't mean that you stay in cahoots. That ain't what that's about. You know, you can, sometimes you can tell people who, you know, it's like if you say one word, like you could tell the truth and they're stiffing up if that's their buddy. It's just a blanket statement. That's not what it's about. Brotherly love is you lay down your life when they need a raft. Like if somebody's out on the water. That don't mean cover up their dirty tracks. That ain't what it's talking about. But that's what folks do. They're like, okay, I better not go there no more. I can't tell the truth. Psalm 16:11. you will show me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. I wanted you to see that one, and then I'm done. You girls finished? Ooh, scared of y'all. All All right, but then I better close. Psalm 16. (laughs) Psalm 16, verse 11. I, I like verse 10 because it says, "You for you will not leave my soul in in soul." Or a place of the dead. 
in hell. It says, nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In other words, as long as you're on God's path, you won't enter into this trouble, you know, unless God puts you in it. And if he puts you in it, then he'll get you out of it. But you won't, you won't get into trouble or on the wrong path being out of his will. It says you, in verse 11, you will show me the path of life in your presence. The path of life leads you to God in his presence, his fullness of joy. And at your right hand is pleasure forevermore. Amen. You can't, in other words, you can't go wrong in the presence of God. Because that's where joy really is. David wrote that. Amen. He wrote that passage. That this fullness is everlasting. And that God has made to him the path of life. God showed him which way to go. He put him on the path. And his path was through the bear and the lion. You know, the, the uh, what else did David go through? Goliath. And then murder with Bathsheba, temptation. What did they call that? Fornication, adultery. All, everything that God didn't um, lead him down that path, but he everything that where he got victory, the bear, the lion, you know, the den, the Goliath, those were tribulations, but he came throughout victorious. But when he got in his own flesh and started following his own desires, he was off the path of life and he went down the path of soul. Amen. And he got into trouble and even into murder. Hallelujah. But God, God still forgave him and raised him up. Amen. Hallelujah. Whew. Sometimes in order for us to really understand this truth, God may allow life to strip us of all outward circumstances that would normally bring us a sense of happiness so that we might focus on our relationship with him. See, sometimes God just has to take stuff away so he can really see who you are. You get face to face with him and really need him. And then he really comes through for you. Amen. That's all he wants to do. But see, we could have mostly everything if we keep God in mind, keep him first. And he won't have to take us through tribulation amen being joyful is not dependent upon circumstances but upon our knowledge of god we said that and his love for us when you know he loves you you know he'll never leave you nor let you falter or fall amen so we need to trust in our faith trust in his word and trust in what he's doing in our life unbelief makes you sad and steals your joy that's because of something that's not inside of you that needs to be inside of you amen and so we need to be thankful not trusting not thankful for the trial or the tribulation but thankful for the victory that god will lead us the bible says he will always lead us into triumph and so he will always bring you out. Amen. I wish I, I could give you John twenty 11. I'm just going to see if you'll do some homework tonight. I got to do it. You need to do it. <laughs> and this talks about Mary. And Mary, this is Martha's sister, Mary. You know, she was the first one that went to the tomb after Jesus rose. And he wasn't in there. She thought somebody had grave robbers. She said, they have taken my Lord. And she was sad. And I think this taught me when, when not to listen to the devil. It wasn't a time of sadness. It was a time of celebration. Amen. And so not understanding, not having the wisdom of God will cause joy to flee. And so joy was, I mean joy, uh, Mary was saddened because her Lord was not in the tomb. Which she should have been rejoicing saying, yeah, he said he would raise up on the third day. He ain't here. He got out of here. Hallelujah. But instead she cried and she wept. Amen. Hallelujah. Why did Mary cry? And why did she weep? And then there were two angels standing there at the base of the 
the tomb when she went in there. And they told her, he has risen. And she said, eh. You know? Why? And they said, the, the, the Lord had to speak to her and said, why do you weepeth? Amen. He said he would ra- be raised up on the third day. And he was not there. And so she wept. And we need to know why. Because sometimes we do that same thing when when situations, circumstances hit us. We weep instead of rejoicing because we're in the wrong frame of mind. She was discouraged, depressed. You know, everything that had went down at the cross. And she just lost hope. She didn't think he was going to raise. She just said, you ain't raising no more. Because if you could raise, you would have died. So she was not in faith. So in other words, with that scripture, where is that? In something 20, John 20, would teach us that you have to believe in God. Believe the word. Stay in faith. Staying in faith causes joy on the inside of you. And that's why Mary had no joy. She should have been throwing a party. She should have got their little wine and little bread. And do what they do. But instead, she had another funeral for Jesus. He wasn't there. He was in the city walking among people. Saying, I told And in fact, when she was at his tomb, he went to the disciples. Showed up there and said, I told y'all I was going to rise. And they said, it's a ghost. Well, none of them in faith. <laughs> so when you ain't in faith, in other words, when you're not in faith, you have no joy. When you get in faith, joy comes. Amen. All right, we'll stop. Father, we thank you and we bless you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the